This is Passing for Normal, conversations about change. That means conversations about hope, innovation, transformation, courage, activism, and being on the cutting edge. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and here I speak with fascinating, pioneering changemakers across many different fields. We talk about how to make change, meet change, and find the courage to create change in your life and in the larger world around you. Bringing new ideas into the mainstream? That's Passing for Normal. Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where my guest today is the incredible visual artist, social commentator, and provocateur, Lori Lipton. Lori Lipton creates large pieces of intricate, complex pencil drawings that are at once eerie, disturbing, and full of truth. They grab your attention to look deeper behind the facades of what meets the eye. She's been drawing since the age of four. She's been passing for normal all this time. Welcome, Lori Lipton. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm. And I'm glad I finally passed for normal. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been it's been tough. <laughs> You've graduated into passing for normal. I got worried. I thought I wasn't passing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Barely passing. How about barely passing for normal? That's that's all right. That'll that'll do it. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be speaking to you today. I think, as you know, this podcast is all about how people such as yourself work with change and inspire uh, or ignite change in others. And it's also how, in Passing for Normal, we're able to slip new or radical ideas into the mainstream. And you've been doing that and more. Right. Well, I, you know, I was so affected by art as a child. My father used to take us to uh, the Museum of Modern Art in New York to give my mother a day off mm-hmm. <laughs> on Sunday. And my father and my brother used to just go around the whole museum in about, you know, 45 minutes. And I would stand glued in front of one painting at a time. And I would attract a crowd, actually, because I was a little like a little tiny 10-year-old just standing transfixed in front of mm. paintings and uh, it, it just changed my my inside well you know and i so admire the um the focus that you bring to these pieces of drawing that you do and so it seems like you had the focus mm. to to look and receive as well as the focus to create these intricate pieces well, that didn't come naturally. Um, it was very funny because I was trying to, I was trying to create something I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. I knew what I liked. I knew I liked, you know, the really, really intricate paintings of the Flemish masters. You know, like 15th century. You go. It's so funny because my parents were atheists, but I was so attracted to these religious paintings. <laughs> um, um, a Catholic painting. Too. It skips a generation, um, um, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's very funny because we was, used to go to the cloisters as well and they had these paintings of the Christ child mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what they were about. I thought they were very bizarre looking midgets with plates behind their heads. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on and my father didn't tell me either. Yeah. He doesn't make up all this stuff. And I thought, wow, I want to do that. I want to create these crazy, insane imagery when I grow up. You know, it was very funny. Well, and you have. And, and so it's so interesting to be having this conversation here without the visual aids of your artwork. People are not actually looking mm-hmm. at your artwork while we're talking, which is so 
on the one hand, vast and large and seems to go on and on and on and so detailed and truly amazing. And our listeners aren't going to get to see it as we're talking. So can you describe mm. your work a little bit so that people know what what you're talking about? Well, well imagine a piece of paper that's around six foot by 12 foot. Imagine a little woman approaching this piece of paper with a tiny, itsy-witsy little pencil point and then scratching upon this piece of paper for a thousand million years and you'll get an idea of what my drawings are like. <laughs> I, I make it as hard as, hard as possible for myself. They're, they're um, black and white. They're slightly disturbing, and they're very, very detailed. In fact, if you go online and you see them on a computer, that just gives you a vague idea of how detailed they are. People are just floored when they see them in real life, in the flesh, because I, I just put a tremendous amount of effort and work in it, because why not? I need to suffer. <laughs> well, it's... Um... It is amazing to me because of both the the scope of them and the detail of them, how you can stay focused. Do you work on, do you, I'm just curious, do you, do you outline the whole thing? Do you sketch it out? Do you, do you just work on little, like a little piece and then it grows? No, no, because after a certain point, you can't erase. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so you never erase. Well, I do. In the first three weeks, I'm only erasing because I'm making a cartoon. Um, I'm making this stuff up out of my head, but it has to look real. It's funny. I went to the best uh, university for art in the USA, Carnegie Mellon University, one of the best. And I thought, oh, goody, they're going to teach me stuff. They didn't even teach me perspective. I went in the 70s where they just said, oh, throw it on the canvas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's art for art's sake. And, and, and figurative and form and all that, you know, that went out with the, in the Middle Ages. So, and well, yeah, and the Middle Ages was what I was attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to teach myself perspective. I had to teach myself lighting. I did it by cutting my classes and going to the library and copying Dürer, Rembrandt, Van Eyck, M- Memling. I taught myself how to draw in uh, an art school. It's nuts. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But so you, so do you take on a little piece at a time and let it grow from there on these large images? Or do you have the big picture already? No, no, let's say for the sake of argument, I'm sitting there drawing and then something, I think in images, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was normal. Until my mother said, no, Laurie, people think in words. <laughs> Many oh, do, yeah. Really? Um, so I have a constant bombardment of images. So I write it down. When, while I'm drawing, I write down the images in words, by the way. Mm-hmm. I translate them into words. Okay. And then I, so then I, I go, okay, I got this image of a woman standing in a kitchen, let's say, for the sake of argument. Okay. So I start this piece of paper. And I try to make this cartoon, like an outline, 
of a woman standing in a kitchen. I got to get all the perspective right. I got to get her face right. I got to get everything. I got to get the anatomy right. It has to look real to me. I got to get the lighting right. So I'm erasing, erasing, erasing until it looks vaguely real. And then I start what I ironically call coloring it in. And I start getting into the details slowly but surely. So towards the end, it's major detail. It's like it's like an egg tempera painting. The um, the Flemish masters used to do egg tempera with tiny little brushes, and they build up with tiny little crosshatched lines, and uh, they make the form, and then they glaze over with the color. I just don't glaze over with any color. I'm just doing these tiny little lines making the, the picture. It's very, very tedious. I don't think anyone could ever pass off a fake Lori Lipton drawing because no one would bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you put so much of yourself into it every day. Mm. Well, it's very funny, Sharon, because people say, oh, my God, you work so much. But no. I mean, waitressing was working, mm -hmm. working in a box office in Holland, in Dutch, was working. But drawing is playing. I'm so happy. I get to draw every day. It's like, it's wonderful. That is wonderful. And it is the, you know, the joy when we find what it is that we really want to do and do well, then it's a joy. And that joy carries us through. I know. And my mother, yeah, my mother used to say, stop drawing, go out and play with the other children. But now I don't have to. <laughs> you can play with yourself and with your drawings. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't play with myself. You get hairy hands and go play. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mean it that way, but yes. <laughs> um, so let's get to the passing for normal part. You know, so much of your yeah. art um, conveys this elaborate mechanics behind the face or behind the facade of what we're seeing. I mean, so much well, of your work has, yeah, was, it's was, like the working behind what we're seeing. So where does that come from in you? Well, I was a very, very cute little girl. And my mom used to dress me up in these little dresses with the Mary Janes and the white socks. And I look in the mirror and I see this cute little face with big blue eyes. But inside me, I had all this anti-Disney feeling, just, just, just like molten lava. I didn't know what to do with it, really. Mm -hmm. I was so... The, the, the outside and the inside of me were so different that I had to find a way to somehow express it or explode. And thank God my mother um, allowed me to do it. Yeah, really. You know, sometimes you're not allowed. People say, oh, you know, that's nasty or that's disturbing. Stop it. And my teachers did say that. My teachers said, you know, oh, you're, you shouldn't do that. That's disturbing or nasty or whatever. But my mother said, no, Lori's doing what Lori's doing. Let her do it. She was amazing. Yeah. Thank goodness for her. Um, and so what was uh, the need for a personal expression, right? Your own personal depth coming through the the facade of what 
of how your mother was dressing you or how you actually looked, right, you know, has become a real theme of what you portray because it seems like um, in all your paintings, your excuse me, not your paintings, forgive me, your drawings, um, <laughs> you are you are making a comment about what people don't see or what they can't see or if they really saw, this is what they'd see. Well, yes, the subtext, the subtitles, it's like we're in a foreign film. And, you know, the, what's going on with the subtitles is different from what we're seeing, you know, yeah. in, on the screen. Um, yes, I, at a very early age, I was, um, I was sexually molested at the age of six mm. by a very, a very nice, kind-looking man. Um, who had just escaped from a mental institution. I didn't know that, but anyway. And um, then my entire world got very, very strange. It was sort of like I was in a Disney kind of, I'm saying Disney again, but it's like that, you know, this very colorful Disneyland kind of, you know, with the birds singing and the, and, 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 and the does and the, and, and the, the flowers. And suddenly... Everything was turned upside down. I, I was jet propelled into a sci-fi B movie in black and white. And um, I just, just, uh, everything changed. My reality changed. And I needed a way to cope with it. Even my, my mother um, changed because, you know, my mother never yelled at me. She never hit me. She never was, you know, she was always very, very careful. You know, she read all the books about bringing up kids. Mm-hmm. But when that happened, she just lost it. In fact, she had a nervous breakdown very soon afterwards. And uh, so my whole world fell apart very quickly. It was very strange. And thank God I had drawing to express it. Right. And to, and to let something come forward. Right. So then my, my scene for a very long time was this little doll, this little cute doll with all this stuff happening around her. And, you know, people with masks and, you know, you don't, you can't trust anybody. And this whole alienation theme was very prevalent in my teens and 20s. Um, in fact, I did a whole thing with my mom, too. <laughs> I was living in London. I lived in London for 26 years. And I had a huge show there at an art center. And my parents flew over with my brother. Mm-hmm. And my brother turned to my mom and said, oh, my God, Ma, this entire show is about you. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And my mom shrugged her shoulders and said, well, better out than in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was... She was, yeah. Yeah, well, she knew that's, what was going on. Yeah, well, um, that's incredible because, you know, I know as a writer and talking to other writers that sometimes I'm inhibited in telling others, in telling stories that might offend those who are close to me, right? Especially if it involves them in some ways, whether, whether they're uh, transparent characters or not. And so that right. you felt the freedom or the necessity to express things as you, as you will is incredible. Yeah, but that's, you see, but your, 
probably more self-aware than I was because I would stand in the middle of a, a like a show of mine and people would come up to me and go, oh my God, this stuff is so courageous. You're so brave. I can't imagine how you could do this. And I think, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? Because I'm using symbolism mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm passing from normal to myself. I didn't want to see. I had this I had this artist doing all this, like this subliminal Lori Lipton, the real Lori Lipton, doing all this stuff. And I, you know, the social one, didn't really want, if I could see exactly what I was saying, I wouldn't have done it. Oh, okay. So I sort of, I had a blind spot. So the gift of the disconnect. Yeah. And yet Very you're... Yes, and yet what was driving you, um, the the artist Lori Lipton that was driving you uh, came through in a sure way. Oh, she was very, very powerful. And it's interesting, you know, the more I get to know myself, the older I get, the more I examine things, you know. And, and, I, and I look back at these older drawings, I think, oh, my God, my poor mother. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, no, but the more, so the more I've come to see who I am and what I am and accept things that have happened to me and, you know, everything, of, you know, that that implies, you know, I have allowed this powerful artist out at long last. And I cannot begin to tell you how freeing and blissful that is because I've been trying to suppress her. I've been trying to be normal. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to pass as an earthling for a very, very long time. And now, quite frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Hmm. Yeah, and, and thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that, because your, uh, your drawings um, speak to such important social issues, as well as speaking to this place of the inner and the outer. You know, I'm thinking about your piece called I'm Fine Thanks, you know, where the <laughs> woman, you know, is taking a selfie and she's got a beautiful face, but that's all she is, is an arm and a face. And behind the real woman is, is bound and tortured with all these wires and cables, right? Yeah, it's funny, you know, the older I get, the less um, personal, and more sort of societal, my drawings got. I mean, they're still personal. It's my reaction to what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's my reaction to, because I grew up without the internet and without, you know, uh, socializing behind screens. Sure. So I can sort of see it as a very weird, odd thing. I have a drawing called Alone in a Room Socializing. Um, and it's just, you know, we're just presenting these spaces to strangers, it's very mm -hmm. interesting. You know, we have our little social bubbles, you know, on, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And, and I said, it's very interesting, I had, um, I had a, a documentary film um, about my work made. What, when I moved to the, um, the USA from Europe, I lived in Europe for 36 years, so I was coming back. And I was being interviewed on it, and I said, you know, Look what's happening on, on, um, online, on social media. I mean, I have nothing against technology. I love technology, but who's manipulating us? 
who's in charge? What's going on? You know? And then in 2016, the whole thing with the election happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people... People take everything at face value. They, they eat up all this fake news. They, you know, they, they propagate all this, uh, you know, this fake stuff going on. It's very, very weird time. So it, it plays totally into my, my imagery of fake and false and what we present to the world or on screen, online. It's all, you know, who do you, who's, who's really there? Who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? Who's running the show? Is anybody running the show? Can the show even be run? What's the show about? <laughs> <laughs> What's the show about? Um, why am I here? Right. So in that line of what you're talking about, can you talk about your piece called Post-Truth? Oh, yeah. Well, um, so you have to describe I it went... because people won't see it. People aren't seeing well, it. Well, so. I will describe the, the, the thing around it first, I went to a party on the, on the night of the election, all-women's party, up in the hills, and I was wearing my Hillary t-shirt, and we were eating and celebrating that we were going to have a, the first time a female president, and then as we saw what was going on, everyone got quieter and quieter and quieter, and then we just all left and went back to our homes. And I could not believe what just happened. I just couldn't believe it. And I mean, I couldn't believe that Trump was, uh, not Trump, uh, Bush was reelected. That I couldn't believe. And that was weird, but it wasn't this thing that just happened. And I sat and I could not, could not believe it. And then there was the, you know, the inauguration and I had this image, image pop in my head of this thing, this, this Trump thing in front of all these microphones and social media, because I saw how it was manipulated. I, I mean, I saw how the whole Hillary, anti-Hillary thing was being manipulated. You know, there were, there were sites saying she was eating babies, that she was conspiracy theories about Hillary and how she was part of a deep state and, you know, all this stuff was just Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Even people I admired, people I thought were intelligent, you know, were were eating it. So I made this thing, I think it's it's five foot by uh, ten foot drawing. It's called Post-Truth and it's about the media and what happened on election night. And it's well, it's hard to describe. If you go on my website, it's it's on there. It's um, and some of the details I put on there too. But um, it was very very shocking and very. But it was very hard for me to make a such a specifically political drawing mm-hmm. because I didn't want it to be a political cartoon or a political. You know how people make these Trump paintings and you know. I didn't want it to be that kind of like a, like a, a caricature, or I wanted to be feeling. I want this draw. I wanted this drawing to contain my feelings about what just happened, and it was very, very difficult for me to do. Very difficult. 
Well, you did a brilliant job because it's more than just a commentary, right? You know, which is like a political cartoon. It really, you're really talking about the whole phenomena behind this floating head, this floating mechanical head. And there's all these little happy faces on screens and on conveyor belts and, you know, broadcast Mic, you know, speakers and things that are broadcasting and surveillance cameras, and it's all, it's really talking about the phenomena with him in the center of the phenomena, but it's as much about the phenomena, right? right? Which is what you're interested in. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want political commentary. I wanted a social phenomena, and that's what a lot of my work is about. I mean, my, I have a show. I had a show at the uh, Ace Gallery in L.A. a couple of years ago called Techno Rococo. Mm-hmm. And I, I made that word up. I don't know. But, um, That's a good word for your word. It's technology. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> it's better than Techno Baroque. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's what my work is. It, it's, it's about this double, the triple, the quadruple layers of reality that we're dealing with right now. You know? It's such a weird time to be alive and to be, to, you know, and, and on the one hand, you feel totally powerless about what's going on because the powers that are manipulating us and manipulating um, the, web, the, the websites and social media and everything are so much more powerful than any individual. And yet, if we only... They're, they're, they are interested in dividing and conquering us, but only if we unite, then we can affect some change. Yes, and so that brings me to the you know central question of your role as an artist to to um, reveal things, to bring people into a consciousness and awareness. Well, I don't know. Do you feel that, you know, when you're looking at something, let's say a painting, unless you're open to receive what the painting is saying, you don't see it, you know? I don't really think that I can actually change anyone's mind or reveal anything to anyone unless they are open to it and ready to receive it. So I don't know how effective I am. But I'm just trying to be as truthful and as honest in my artwork, in this moment in time, as possible. And if people see something in it, and if they get something in it, that's a bonus. But that's not my purpose. So what is your purpose? My purpose is to draw till I drop. My purpose is to be um, a recorder through my senses and my emotions and my technique and my eyes of what is going on around me in my time. Like Goya um, recorded what was going around him, what was going on inside of him in his time, in his life. He wasn't actually a photographer. I mean, he didn't actually photograph. He didn't actually record specific things. 
but he was recording the zeitgeist. He was recording what was going on in his time. So what I'm doing is not realism. It's not surrealism. It's a kind of, uh, I don't know, like a, a kind of new, uh, like a psychological real. I don't know what it is I'm doing, but I'm trying to be honest and truthful in my way, basically. Yeah. And does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're recording these times in the way that that you experience them and that you, way that you're able to express them. And they are very right. elaborate. You know, you're not just doing a small drawing. You're not just doing a sketch. You're not just trying to like, oh, here, I'm, I've got a, an idea and I'm just going to put it out. You spend lots and lots of time and creating so much detail in these drawings that I that give the feeling that it's endless. Like whatever is behind the facade, whatever's behind the face or whatever is in the mechanism because you've got all these tangled wires and pipes and... And, you know, all these things that are connecting, they just seem to go on and on and on. And that in itself, you know, uh, stirs up a feeling in me. Like, oh my God, it's just endless. Well, also, I mean, I used to, when I was living in England, in in the UK, and um, I was at galleries, most galleries just want you to do small, cheap works, you know, because they want to sell very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to L.A. and I got to the Ace Gallery, he has a huge, he, has a, he used to have a huge, ginormous spaces. And he said to me, I want you to do huge drawings. Mm-hmm. That, was like, that was like being let out of a tiny little closet to be able to dance in a ballroom. I was so happy in fact if anyone's listening (laughs) if you have a big wall and want to commission me oh please i love going big i love it i love it but it's um it it allows me to do an elaborate dance it allows me to just dig it's like a, it's like a dig. It's you know, there's the white of the paper, and then I'm digging and digging and digging, and more and more is revealed, and it starts making itself. But I guess it's also like writing a novel. You know, you 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 get more and more elaborate. You tie more and more things in. You you know, you have the basic skeleton of the plot, but as you're working on it, it reveals more to you. It's wonderful. Yes, and that you have so much detail in these very large pieces. I'm aware as, you know, in looking at this piece that you have put a lot of time into this. This is not just some, you know, sketch you threw off. You are committed. And and that's very, and that's very anti-modernist modern art. Sure. It's very anti-modern art. It's very anti-Twitter and soundbite and everything is getting shorter and shorter and shorter in terms of how messages are received. And here you're Mm. taking the time. And that I think is part of the boldness of your work. It's part of how the boldness is being received 
because you are really committed and spending time with this. And you're not just showing me the main idea. You're showing me every little part of the corner and the, you know, how these wires connect up. And, and it's, um, it's really staggering when you stand in front of well, one of your drawings. Well, it, I guess it's like, you know, I can only um, refer to other things because nobody draws like this. Mm -hmm. It's like um, you learn an instrument, you practice it all your life, and eventually you can play really elaborate, beautiful concerts with it. You can you could go for it. So I can draw literally anything now. I've been drawing over sixty years, wow. only drawing mm -hmm. exclusively over 60 years, I would guess that I am, I have drawn longer exclusively than anyone else on earth right now. <laughs> and I can do amazing things with it. So I am not holding back. I'm going for it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just the idea, it's my technique, it's my ability. I work very long and very hard. It's very funny. The, the one question everyone always asks me is, how long does this drawing take? Mm -hmm. And I would love to say, this drawing took me over 60 years because it didn't mm. just happen. Yeah. This drawing, this right. is the culmination of all the drawings behind it. And also kids, you know, they contact me online. They say, what pencil do you use? What paper do you use? And I say, honey, it's not the pencil. It's not the paper. You've got to draw a very long time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. into a room, close the door with any pencil, any paper, and mm -hmm. draw for 50 years. Yeah. Then come back to <laughs> That's right. And not just practicing the art of drawing, but practicing the art of being the channel through which ideas come like practicing having an inspiration and a realization an inspiration and a realization that is also a a path that you have to uh you know it has to be a worn path well also um i was so affected by paintings and pictures and movies and tv shows you know images mm -hmm images um that it's part of my vocabulary now all the images of the 21st century are and the middle ages are sort of meshed together in my brain yeah. it's part of my vocabulary i've created my own vocabulary it's like the um the religious paintings of the 15th century there's a vocabulary there they're telling a story they're telling the story of, a lot of people couldn't read in those times, so they had to tell the story of Christ in images. So when you saw the Virgin Mary, you knew it was the Virgin Mary because she was wearing blue and there were lilies near her. There was iconography that they used. You knew the Christ child because it looked very odd. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, there was iconography that they used. You know, angels had wings, God had light around him, he had a beard. There were things that they used in their times to make it tell a story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing right now. I am using things 
from my time to tell a story about my time. Yeah, yeah. And um, such as the screens and the wires and you also have a lot of pipes and plumbing and and things that are conduits, right? That also Mm. feel in some ways like the nervous system because, you know, I'm very... uh, immersed in biology and it hasn't it has another it has another a a biological technological biological feeling to it oh yeah in fact i've just you know i just started doing that a lot lately in fact um i'm working on something now called offline that has that i'm doing um i did one called ossify with a heart in it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, right and it's um yeah it's pipes and wires with organic matter yeah yeah we you know it's interesting i never see people without a screen now everyone's always looking in screens and and typing and 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 it's all technology and 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 their ears are plugged in their eyes are plugged in we're soon going to be you know a virtual reality is going to plug our entire bodies in we are being subsumed by inorganic matter <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's another way of disassociation that's another way of controlling us it used to be religion they used to use religion to control us and subdivide us and now they're using smartphones and web and, and 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 social media sites and little you know little bubbles of you know circles of friends and it's very interesting yeah well you know very. i'm a big champion for the bio world and uh, in fact the um this next book that i'm working on has very much to do with the bio signal and the technological mm. signal and uh, whether they're opposed or whether they can be merged, but it's very much um, this is our times, you know, and and what is it to be human? And um, that's changing, right? It's what do you mean by the bio signal and the technological signal? I mean that you know that that uh, there are certain electrical signals that belong to the biological world that you know the the uh, electromagnetic uh, charge of the heart or of the brain that that we that there are certain right. that there are certain pulses and rhythms and signals that belong to the organic world and that there are these right. megahertz hums that belong to the technological world and just even right. when people are reacting to uh, cell towers and you know being in front of screens is not just like bad for your eyes but it actually affects your own rhythms your circadian rhythms even you know uh, and so it's a real curiosity to me about you know being a champion for the biological world and for for um the awareness of the intricacy of connection that we are you know we're humans are not apart from the biological world we are part of the whole system and then how does this technological intervention um play in you know is it going to take over is it going to blend in will the mushrooms actually be able to regulate the technosis you know signal i don't know (laughs) stay tuned 
Well, they're already, you know, the 5G, they're trying to up the signals and, you know, yeah. make it more intense. But I think we're being moved slowly but surely away from the bio, biological, well, first of all, the planet is totally fucked. We've fucked it up. It's dying. It's, you know, our greed and, and, and selfishness have just totally destroyed uh, everything that um, we rely on mm-hmm. and slowly but surely we're being pushed away from biology, from ourselves, from our origins, from the planet and whether we survive or not will depend on technology. Well, whether we survive or not will also depend upon a commitment and an awareness of belonging to the biological world. It has, you know, I think it's, I think at this point, it's both. They both exist. And, um, you know, like you say, we're being pushed away from the organic world, the biological world, but that still is what we're made of. That is what this planet is made of. And I know, so, and you can't eat honey. Yeah. And so it's, um, like you say, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing time, not necessarily a great time, but it's an amazing time to be living and to be experiencing this, um, this pull, this pull. I want to get back to something it's- that you said, um, which is intriguing yeah. to me when you were talking about your artwork and the intent of your artwork, and you were basically saying that people can receive these images if they're ready to receive them. And yeah, you can't tell anybody. Yeah. So yeah. do you feel that, that we cannot receive something that we're not already, um, opened to receiving or, uh, wired to receive? I will give you an example of um, online arguments. Yeah, sure. I will, um, during the campaign, the election campaign, I was saying, you know, Trump is obviously a bully and he's, uh, look, this is what he's done, this is what he's done. And he said, you know, grab women by the pussies and and Trump supporters would not listen to me. They would say to me, um, well, you're just, you know, biased against him. He's out of the, the loop of the politicians. And then someone else would say to me, um, uh, climate change is just a myth. It's being perpetrated by liberals. And I go, no, actually, look at this site. This is a scientifically proven thing. And they go, no, that's a liberal site. This is a site that says it's bullshit, and they send me a site. So, you know, um, you cannot prove anything to anyone. (laughs) You cannot, unless they have a, a sliver of doubt Unless someone is doubting something and questioning, mm-hmm. you cannot tell them anything. That's, that's with um, religious people. That's with, uh, uh, you know, Trump supporters. That's with Hillary supporters. Anybody. If you are trying to put your point across, it starts becoming a screaming match after a while because nobody is listening. 
There right. is no question. Right, and yet, don't you think that someone could stand in front of one of your images and there is a, a truth to it that that even if it's just like, you know, makes you kind of wink or blink your eyes or something, there's a truth in it that that speaks to you, that speaks to you. I have very, I stand in my um, openings and I have very different reactions from people. Someone will come up to me and go, oh my God, that's so disturbing. And another person will come up to me and go, Oh my God, that's really funny. That's exactly how I felt. And someone else will come up to me and go, can you tell me about this picture? What does it mean? And I'll go, what, is, what do you think it means? And they will tell me their life story. So every person comes to an image with their own prejudices, their own thoughts, their own subjective reality. We are all living. And this is what is so amazing right now. It's come up. We all have our own subjective realities, but it's really become clear online. We are all living in subjective realities. What is the truth? What is the objective truth? There isn't any anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, measles are breaking out. I, the, the world is flat. There is no climate change. You cannot prove anything to anyone whose subjective reality denies it. This is amazing. Yeah, and uh, certainly the insular world that we get to create through social media. I have my own accounts. I have my own phone. I have my own profile. You know, it allows me to stay within my own beliefs, right? My own world, my own subjectivity um, more so than ever before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, that closes us off. So, people who come to my shows already know my work. They already like my work because they slept to the show, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they're already open to receive, and I get amazing responses from people. Even people who don't know my work and see my, see my drawing, they either are amazed or appalled either way or both or both mm-hmm because your images can but, be very disturbing yes yeah or very funny I a lot of them very funny and both and both <laughs> I mean you know that's I mean that's what humor does humor upends the assumption right it takes you by surprise right. and so it's taking you by surprise with some pretty, um, you know, s- scary images, you know, disturbing depictions. But it's, they are funny. They're all funny and really serious and funny at the same time. I, I hide things in the drawings too. So, yeah, I hide little jokes and things in the drawings for myself mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I buy some mine and six years later he called me up and goes and he went um oh my god i saw someone under the table (laughs) 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 wow wow Uh, well laurie i could talk to you for a really long time and uh i just find you 
such a fascinating artist and a fascinating person, so articulate and funny and with, um, with great intent and great focus. Mm-hmm. And I have so much admiration for you, and I hope that um, our listeners will um, seek you out, seek out to, uh, to see your images, and can you help people tell, uh, can you tell them how to find you? Yeah, well, go to my website, laurielipton.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E and liptonlikethetea.com. And I also have Instagram, Lori Lipton Drawings. And Twitter is at Lori Lipton. And Facebook, Lori Lipton. I think it's Lori Lipton Drawings. I'm not sure. It's so confusing. <laughs> but anyway, they can find Start me. at your website. My, um, yeah, my website will, will show them. And also you can see my um, my documentary film on the website too. I think it's on um, interviews and something. It's it's um, in one of the um, things on there, but you can you can find it. It's a, it's a you can rent it on Vimeo. So yeah, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic documentary. And you also want to mention your new gallery. Oh yes, I'm I'm going to have some shows in San Francisco. Modernism Inc. And I will post all my shows and all the news on my website. So if you want to keep in touch, just do that or follow me on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lipton. You are a marvel and a wonder. Oh, thank you, Sharon. You have very, very good taste. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thanks so much. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change. If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.